the stars are right, and that means it's time for another episode of The Whisper in Darkness. I'm your host, The Man from Lang. Thank you very much for joining me today. On this episode, we are continuing with our review of the player cards in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. This time around, we are taking a look at the Guardian and Mystic multi-class cards. There are four of them. Brand of Cthulhu level 1, Brand of Cthulhu level 4, Nkosi Mabata, and Cyclopean Hammer. There are spoilers throughout if you care about that sort of thing. If you enjoy what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. Just a quick reminder of how we rate cards here on the Whisper in Darkness. The best of the best get an Elder Sign, while the worst of the worst get an Auto Fail, and the cards in between get a plus one, zero, or Elder thing respectively. Cards that you build around or are good in one particular investigator get a Blessed token, while cards that we believe are destined to end up on the optional list of taboos or that are just bad for the game get a curse token. Before we get started, I'd like to thank the patrons of this channel for their tremendous support. The Arkham Horror LCG community is amazing, and these people have gone above and beyond to bring you content like these reviews. If you'd like to support the channel's goals and see your name on this list, head over to patreon.com, sign up for a tier of your choice, and claim your rewards. That would be awesome. Special thanks to Cole Monroe Chitty for the art that graces the channel, Nicole Fiscus for the new Whisper in Darkness logo, and Nate Lost in Time and Space for the intro as well as the overlays. Thank you very much. I couldn't do it without you. Without further ado, let's get started. We are back with our reviews of the player cards in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. This is the Guardian slash Mystic Multiclass cards. We are starting off with Brand of Cthulhu. It's a two-cost asset that costs one experience point. Combat skill icon spell trait uses six charges. As an action, you may fight. For this attack, you may use willpower instead of fight, and you get plus one skill value. If you succeed, spend one or two charges instead of its standard damage. This attack deals one damage for each charge spent. If you succeed by zero, lose one action, and it takes up an arcane slot. So we receive another triad, I guess, of uh, spells. We've got the Brand of Cthulhu, Divination, and Blur. Uh, they are all multi-class cards. The Brand is our fighting spell, quite similar to Shriveling. Uh, except in this one, it's kind of nice if you miss with the, the fight action, you don't spend the charges ahead of time. So you get to attack and then decide, oh, I hit? Okay, good, now I can spend charges. Uh, it also gives you a little bit more flexibility than shriveling does. Uh, shriveling, you always hit for two damage. This, you can dial the damage up to two or down to one, so you don't waste charges on those three health enemies like you uh, tend to do with shriveling. Not a huge fan of losing an action if I succeed by zero, but okay. What do you guys think about this one? Mm, this is tough. You know, it, it does give you plus one, which is nice. I think if it did oh, give you a boost, this would be a lot worse okay. because you, you are paying an experience. Essentially, first shriveling in Mystic and in Guardian, you just have weapons you know you just have tons of weapons you have vicious blow you have b cop you have tons of ways to deal damage so you're not really concerned about modular damage in guardian but in mystic that is a pretty nice ability because apart from things like spectral razor or i think storm of spirits level three you don't have a lot of ways of efficiently dealing with three health enemies and like you were saying man from like you don't really want to use your 
second shriveling charge to be able to kill a three health enemy. So being able to to dial the damage according to what you're attacking is nice. Uh, that being said, I think at one experience it's kind of awkward because you want you want it at level zero, like ideally. So you're gonna in Mystic you're probably gonna be playing shriveling, and it's like shriveling's probably just gonna get the job done. So are you really gonna be playing this card? Maybe, maybe not. You know, maybe it's worth it to you. Maybe it isn't. It's worth mentioning that you have to take in the thick of it to be able to include this in your opening deck so that you don't have to pay the extra XP tax with uh, Down the Rabbit Hole. It is spell traded. I mean, so you can tutor it with a... Uh, God, that stupid ally, Arcane Initiate. But yeah, it's it's fine. I feel like on paper, by the numbers, it's like kind of perfectly costed at 1 XP. It costs one less to play than Shriveling. You can dial the charges. You get plus one to the attack, which Shriveling doesn't give you. Yeah, it's not bad. And then... It costs two as well, which is, yeah, I think, critical yeah. to mention yeah. because Sixth Sense and Right of Seeking, I both believe, cost three. So you can play Sixth Sense and this in the same turn. I don't think this is bad. I, the only thing that holds it back is that you can't upgrade this into Shriveling level three. That's the I think that's the only thing that holds this back. So but I was that, I was bad. initially kind of down on this. Not really down. It just sort of seemed with shriveling and with all the other various combat spells that mystics have. I was kind of like, oh, do we really need another mystic spell that does this? Then I was doing some reading, and I think this is actually a better guardian card than a mystic card. Sidearm. Be because it's a sidearm. It's like, I have my gun. I have all these empty arcane slots that I'm not using for anything. I slot this in. I shoot twice. I shoot with my gun. I deal two damage. I brand brand it with the other for one damage, and I kill it. I think the important distinction here is that you may use your willpower instead of combat. So if you are Mark and you have this, you are fighting at five still. Six. Six. Right. Corrected. Six. So you're not using your willpower, you can still use your, your combat for this. So I think if you look at this in terms of, as I was initially, as purely like, oh, here's a spell, it's a mystic card, it kind of looks, well, I mean, it doesn't really do anything different than Shriveling does, except for the fact that you're not going to take horror if you miss, you have the option to dial the damage a little bit, you don't spend charges needlessly. So there's, you know, pros and cons. The more I look at it, the more I like this in a guardian who can is looking for something else to help them kill stuff more efficiently. So for that reason, I think it's pretty, pretty good. Yeah, it feels like it's got a lot. It's got a, for one XP, it's got a lot over shriveling level zero. Like just little nudges. I like this more and more, the more and more I look at it. How would we rate this one? I'm going to give it a zero. I think it's pretty good. It's definitely not your primary source of damage. You know, at 1 XP, you're going to already have either a weapon or another spell as your primary source of damage. But that being said, like you were saying, Man from Lang, in Guardian, this is a pretty nice off-slotted weapon. You know, you don't have to worry about it getting rid of your magnifying glass, so you can still investigate if that's what you need to do. Or maybe you have a two-handed weapon or something like that. 
you know, this can sit in a slot you don't care about and be an off weapon. In Mystic, it's kind of nice because you can sort of like get four uses out of it in a way. If you say kill two, three health enemies with it, that's fine, I guess. But other than that, it's like you're gonna upgrade out of it, I think, at some point. So it's fine. I also like how it seems to fit the theme of like Lily Chen. You know, you can do like the Dragon Pole brand of Kathuga. Butterfly Swords, which also is about dialing damage. Enchanted Blade, which also has some dialing, da dialing damage abilities. It seems to slot right in there. Mm. And in yeah. Lily gets her uh, her agility discipline, too. And this is a yeah. different fight action that she can take. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, another different fight action. Yeah, the more I look at this, the more I kind of like it. Like, if you, if you compare it to Shriveling Level 0. I do wish you could upgrade it to, to Shriveling Level 3. But I think... From I think from this, if we start with the base perspective of Lily Chen, I actually really like this card. So I think I'm actually going to give it a plus one between the fact that it fits really well in Lily Chen, but not a blast because I think numbers-wise, compared to Shriveling Level Zero, this is pretty good. I'm going to give this one a plus one as well. I, while I don't necessarily think I'd be playing this in Mystic all that often, it is kind of a nice Guardian card. And, I mean, if you do pick up in the thick of it and this is an option that you can pick up if you don't want to have to deal with shriveling for for whatever reason if you're spending experience if you're picking up into the thick of it maybe carolyn likes this nate see that yeah it's not a weapon which is nice and then yeah of course you've got mateo who can pick this up immediately without having to spend without having to dip into into the into the thick of it so there are some options there and yeah i'm I mean, I mean, it's certainly for one XP and two cost. It's it's cheap, a cheap source of damage if you if you want to wield this with, you know, another weapon um, to to dish out some hits. That brings us to the upgraded version of the brand of Cthulhu. This is the two cost, four XP asset, uh, willpower and combat skill icons. Spell trait uses nine charges. For this attack, you may use willpower instead of combat. You get plus two skill value. If you succeed, you may spend one, two, or three charges instead of its standard damage. This attack deals one damage for each charge spent. And if you succeed by zero, you lose two actions. Takes up an arcane slot. Again, not follows a pretty typical upgrade for, for spells. You get a slightly bigger skill value bonus gives you the option to deal more damage although again you can dial that damage up or down as necessary so you're not necessarily wasting charges you get to choose how many charges you spend after you know you've hit or not which is pretty nice losing two actions is worse hopefully that won't happen that often especially if you're if you are fighting something that could put you in a in a kind of an awkward spot because you're probably going to get attacked at that point since your turn is basically over. I think it's good too. I just wish it cost three experience. I think yeah, at four, I agree. at yeah. four, it's a little tough just because, like, in Guardian, again, you, you once you cross that like three, four experience threshold, you start to think about cards like Flamethrower and Hammer and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah. But it does do cost play... three with Down the Rabbit Hole. True. And I honestly think that that is the reason this card costs four experience to begin with. It's because they were designing with 
that in mind, which I don't. To mind. be honest, I think it's. I mean, we had the theory earlier that the gold cards are over are overpriced just for being gold. Mm -hmm. I hope that's not the case. I yeah. pretty sure yeah. it is, and I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I'd drawn to the flame when they had Maxine on the show at the end of the Insmith campaign. She she confirmed that multi-class cards were going to be in the expansion, but that the cards had to exclusively feel like they were of both classes. And I think because of that, you know, that sort of hamstrings the design of not only the cards themselves, but the experience level of them as well. Yeah. I think the fact that this thing can do three damage is part of why it seems kind of hamstrung, to be honest, because three damage seems pretty special now personally i don't like this one so much because when you hit four you might as well spend five on a superior shriveling level five or spend five on a superior gun yeah at four xp it's your primary weapon and you've got better options out there also it doesn't compare very well to enchanted blade level three which gives mm. you plus four to hit for three damage yeah you only get two two three damage shots out of it but it costs less xp and gives you plus four to hit yeah it's just like this doesn't compare well to the things around it. Like, maybe to Shriveling level 3, but that's about it. Yeah, this one I don't like so much. I wish it cost 3 XP. But then if it costs 3 XP, then it can't do 3 damage, because then that would put it as strictly better than Shriveling level 3. Man, I just see this over and over. It's just like, attack cards just like are in this trap based, you know, are in this design trap based on the cards that, other cards that already exist. Man. They're just running out of room to design assets that deal damage. How would we rate this one? This one is more difficult to evaluate because of the investment and experience you have to make to put it in your deck. And I don't ever see myself paying for experience for this. You know, like we were saying in the level one version, I'm likely already either playing a level zero weapon or I'm playing shriveling or, you know, one of its various cousins. And... At that point, I'm probably just going to upgrade into those because they're just better at what they do. And this sort of just gets left by the wayside, I think. You know, while the level one version is nice because it fills a particular niche, this is sort of like taking third wheel to the more primary upgrades. So I'm going to give it a... I think I'm going to give it an elder thing for that. Yeah, I'd agree. By the numbers there, like, yeah, it's kind of over overpriced, but... You know, it's not bad. You got three shot. You got three attacks that deal three damage. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, it's not a very good primary weapon, but if you happen to have the four XP, you could do a lot worse. So yeah, I'd give it another thing. I'm going to be a little more bullish on this one and give it a zero simply because I think if this is your goal, say Father Mateo picks up two copies of Arcane Research and down the rabbit hole with the goal of upgrading to this, he drops it to a one. Am I correct? So can I stop you right there? Yeah. Arcane research and down the rabbit hole existing does not make this card better. <laughs> True. I, I, I wouldn't pay four XP for this. I think it's too. Four is, as we saw with things like quick drop holster, as soon as you hit four XP, it gets too much. It's got to be core to your strategy. It's got to be pretty mm -hmm. important. Yeah. Uh, I'm I mean, still going to stay stay bullish on it. I I probably would only, you know, I I play arcane research in most of my mystic decks anyway and unless I was going into the thick of it for something I'd probably play it 
still in a lot of mystic decks so i'm not going to pay full price for this thing and i think it's okay if if you're not paying full price but again i don't think the differences between the brands and say shriveling or any of the other combat spells we have is great enough that i would go out of my way to get this like i'll probably still just put shriveling in every deck anyway and maybe try this out in in other builds that brings us to an ally in Kosi Mabata, the Enigmatic Warlock, 4 cost asset that costs 3 XP, 2 willpower skill icons, the ally and sorcerer trait. As a response, after Nkosi Mabata enters play, name a non-Elder Sign Chaos token with a symbol. Until this card leaves play, the named symbol is your sigil. As a response, when an investigator at your location reveals a cultist tablet or elder or elder thing symbol, exhaust Nakosi Mabata, search the chaos bag for your sigil and reveal it. Instead, re returning the other token to the chaos bag, he has two health and two sanity and takes up an ally slot. So you can name bless and or curse tokens as your sigil. So this is one of the few cards in this set that actually deals with bless and curse which if you're playing somebody like sister mary might be useful or if you're playing with uh say a mystic who's using eyes of chaos shroud of shadows or armageddon that might be useful uh, again jim could name skull as his sigil to get a little bit more value there one of the nice things about this guy is that he can you can use him to avoid potentially dangerous tokens. Uh, the one that always comes to mind is the tablet in Lost in Time and Space, which causes Yogg-Sothoth to attack you. You can basically pick basically any, you know, any token other than that, and so whenever you draw a tablet, it would be your sigil and you could avoid that. That's pretty specific, though, and doesn't happen in a lot of uh, cases. And the other thing about this guy is he's one of the only very few ways that you can manipulate chaos tokens drawn by other players than yourself. I know some of the covenants do it, but uh, most chaos bag manipulation is you and you alone, and this lets you do it for other players at the, at the table. What do you guys think? I don't like this card. It costs four resources as well to get a, I feel, pretty middling effect, honestly. You know, unless you're, like, really building around Chaos Bag manipulation, say you're playing things like Jewel of Aurelis, and you want to be, like, revealing those tokens so that you can get resources and cards, this is pretty meh. You know, like, like you were saying, man, from, like, apart from specific scenarios where maybe one token is really nasty over all the others, they all feel pretty equally nasty in most scenarios. So kind of picking one over the other doesn't really matter a lot of the time. And apart from those skill tests, he doesn't do anything. Yeah, 3 XP is the level where you start seeing allies that give you two stat boosts. You know, like Greta, Ikiak, Lola Santiago... Peter Sylvester, but he's level two, that sort of thing. So, in order to justify playing a Kosi, like you've really got to be making use of that ability, like all the time. Outside of that, I wouldn't play this. 
because you're just trading one bad token for another bad token. So I could see you playing this as a mystic if you're going either, if you're playing gem, of course, which is obviously the little bone that's being thrown here is for gem. Or if you're doing the curse spells from Innsmouth Conspiracy. Why isn't this guy in Innsmouth Conspiracy? I was thinking that too. Yeah. Another issue, I think, with this deck is like, even if you want to play Nikosi, you probably also want to play Olive McBride, which takes up the ally slot. So now right. you have to consider taking Charisma, and that's another 3 XP tax on on that style of deck, and that's kind of a bummer. <laughs> I, I guess another bone could be to Jacqueline as well, because Jacqueline has the ability to reveal a bunch of tokens, but again, very specific decks that you're building it in, and again, when, when you're not drawing those tokens, it's not doing anything for you. Yeah, I guess to fire. I guess if you're playing it in a blessed deck or a cursed deck, then I can see why you would play this. It seems it seems fun. You know, it's like you spend three XP, which is not too much, to kind of really buff out your your blessed curse deck. Yeah, th this seems fine. Bonus points if you really want to be a you know be a bro and you play Mateo and you name Tentacle. That's true. You can do that. <laughs> that's that's some big brain move right there. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I want to see someone do that. Just like in a standalone, just do that once. Yeah, this guy feels like he should have been an Innsmouth Conspiracy. But that being said, you know, given that you're playing a blessed deck or a cursed deck, like, this isn't bad. Yeah, like, it, it, it kind of fits the, the thing, which is why I'm just going to, I'm just going to preemptively go right ahead and say it's a bless. Like, it's a big bless. Like, you, you really got to justify this guy, you know, in order to, by going all in on a, a symbol in order to make this guy work, I think. Yeah, I got to agree. A blessed token feels appropriate. Like, you're definitely going to build around trying to get that ability off and having that ability be useful. Yeah, this guy has bless pretty much written all over him, although he doesn't have the bless or curse trait, which is <laughs> kind of funny, I guess, because that seems like the obvious use, as well as Jim. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the biggest problem is he doesn't do anything outside of skill tests. Yeah. And even I when wish... he does work in skill tests, you are kind of swapping a bad token for a bad token a lot of the time, unless you are playing with blesses. And so you're kind of damned if you do with him. It's just like, sure, you evaded the tablet, but I forget what it is in Lost in Time and Space. I think the skulls are like a minus, depending on how many uh, locations are on the table or something like that. So it's mm. chances are if it's late game you're going to fail anyway at least but you're not going to get attacked for huge amounts of horror which can kill you in that scenario if you're not careful but uh, yeah he's a bless he's he's if you're playing a bless or curse deck or gym you might want to look at this guy he's got two health and two sanity so he can take a punch and stick around against ally hate but yeah i don't think this is a, a at four cost especially and three xp the ally slot is just so competitive that you really need a good reason to to be building around this guy. I wish he boosted willpower. Then I'd feel a lot better about it. Yeah, I think if they gave him like plus one willpower yeah. or something like that would have been... Yeah. At least it would have felt like, okay, he's actually doing something yeah. all the time rather than just some of the time. That brings us to the Cyclopean Hammer. The flavor of the month in uh, Arkham Horror. Five cost asset that costs five experience points, two willpower skill icons, two combat skill icons, the item, relic, weapon, and melee traits. As an action, you may fight. 
add your willpower to your skill value for this attack. You deal plus one damage for this attack. If you succeed and the enemy is non-elite, you may move it one location away from you. If you succeed by three or more, instead deal plus two damage and you may move the enemy up to two locations away from you and it takes up two hand slots. Just a point of clarification that this does hit if you succeed by three or more and you hit an elite enemy, it still deals three damage. Uh, it's only the movement part that applies to non-elites, so you can still hit bosses for a ton with this. One of the best, if not the best, weapon in the game. High combat skill bonus with willpower, damage potential high, doesn't use ammo, which is a big plus if you're in charge of uh, monster slaying. People have been attaching reliable and enchant weapon to this to for even more devastating hits. Moving an enemy is a good way, you know, almost as good as killing it sometimes. Play this with well prepared and you've got two willpower and two combat skill icons on the table. Have they backed themselves into a corner, Matt? Yes. I've thought about this and talked about this a lot. So um, full disclosure, I um, am a playmate of um, Start With The Name, who is the most prolific and most recognized deck builder in Arkham DB. And he's spent a lot of time and a lot of uh, tweaking and a lot of testing of his um, of his deck. And wow, just when it's showtime, the name exclu excludes me. 21 Thumb Street, which is totally worth putting on screen right now. That deck is hilarious, but it's a Zoe deck that's all about getting the getting the hammer and doing lots of stuff with the Cyclopean hammer. The hammer is very, very strong. Like, I've seen it in play quite a bit because, as you say, it's the flavor of the month. And we in the UK, we got it pretty early, so we got to see... We've been playing with the Cyclopean hammer for a while. It's very strong. The combo with Enchant Weapon is too strong. Four damage attacks with Enchant Weapon letting you add double your uh, willpower... Like pretty much ensures you're gonna hit by you're gonna hit you're gonna hit that three overage and get four damage attacks. That is too strong. I think it's enchant weapon that's overpowered though, not the hammer. The hammer is like a creep up in power. It's the new flamethrower, to be honest. But you gotta you gotta work at it because succeeding by three is not just a given. You gotta like actually put effort into it and add cards to it kind of like flamethrower you gotta like give it extra ammo and you gotta like be engaged with the things that you're hitting that you're you're dousing in flames it's the new flamethrower that it's the strongest weapon in the game but it still seems kind of appropriate for arkham horror the card game given that it's two-handed given that it's five xp given that it costs five given that time-worn brand exists melee weapon weapon design is in such a like tight corner right now because like this card by by being what it is and costing the xp it does it had to be stronger than time worn brand but also it's like tiptoeing there tiptoeing right up there up against like lightning gun and shotgun and um flamethrower all these other 5 xp guardian cards yeah it's just like this game's in such a tight design space now for for weapons for like the hierarchy yeah i th i mean this card pretty much relegates lightning gun into obsolescence i disagree because... For very specific reasons but it's a very specific if okay so i think if you don't the thing about lightning gun the reason why i like to use it is because it means i don't have to take beat cops and i don't have to take any other way to boost my attack the thing about cyclopean hammer is even if you're someone like leo anderson you're still attacking at eight for base of two damage you got to push it to get to three 
So if I'm so like if you what lightning gun lets you do is you don't have to push it to get to three because the lightning gun just gives you plus five to your attack roll. You know, your not attack roll. I'm thinking D and D. Uh, your your attack mm-hmm. to to deal three damage. So I think lightning gun still has its use in that you don't have to spend extra XP and extra slots on supporting the lightning gun to get it to do three damage, like you do with the hammer. That being said, if you do push the hammer and devote slots to it, it is incredibly good. The the issue with that argument though is that you only get three shots with the lightning gun. Yeah. So so you have to really use those sparingly. And the issue with the hammer is that you don't care because it doesn't have any doesn't have any uses to it. And like by and large, that's been the balancing mechanic with weapons is that they have, you know, they have some sort of limitation to them, whether it's ammo uses or some sort of restriction in how that damage is done. And that was part of the reason why Machete was so good early in the game's life was that Machete was just basically unconditional free damage. And, you know, the hammer essentially does the same thing. And like you were saying, the, the combo with enchant weapon just, like, catapults it into ridiculousness. Yes. Because it's like, now all of a sudden you're fighting at 12 all of a sudden, and you're dealing 4 damage pretty reliably. Because even bosses only have five maybe six if maybe every like sixth seventh scenario you might fight a six combat enemy but by and large like even still you're still six up on that test so you're likely to pass by three so yeah it's just nuts yeah it's the strongest weapon in the game and it has the relic trait so it also kills those annoying enemies that guardians had a tough time dealing with like the poltergeist and things like that it's like it trivializes that whole mechanic too so the i guess the question i have i have not had the pleasure of playing the the cyclopean hammer yet but i mean it's pretty obvious just by looking at it that it's good you throw enchant weapon on it it gets better is it too much have they gone too far does this is i mean if we didn't have a curse token this is obviously another sign even for five XP, but is is it a is it a curse? Is, does it go too far? I think this needs to get tabooed because flamethrower is tabooed. Like I I just don't see why you would taboo flamethrower and not this. I don't even remember the taboo on flamethrower. It costs, it costs more six XP. XP. Oh, then yeah. <laughs> like if that's your philosophy, <laughs> like yeah, of course this should cost more experience. Yeah. I almost feel like this card should be exceptional. I don't know about 10 XP though. Yeah, this, maybe this make it tight. like maybe make it 8 XP, like four yeah. four experience exceptional. Mm-hmm. That way, you have to really dedicate the whole deck around finding the one hammer. Okay, that would make sense. And um, I think I the think... other issue is that you could have two investigators have hammers because it's <laughs> not unique. So now all of a sudden you're just the Hammer Brothers. <laughs> yeah, you're just bopping things back and forth. I would love to see a scenario where. One person with a hammer is over in one location, and another one's at another <laughs> location, and they just bop the enemy back and forth to each other. If it, if it survives that long. <laughs> if it survives, yeah. Yeah. I think it does enough damage to, like, it kind of overwhelms, like, old campaigns where, like, three health enemies were considered tough. I mm-hmm. mean, what a world we're in now. We're like, but that's the thing. We've also been getting a lot of three damage options, even down to level zero stuff like Spectral Razor. Like, the power creep has set in, you know? <laughs> like, it's happened. Yeah, and so like I think I do think that uh, enchant weapon is or is needs the, needs the taboo though. If I were to taboo 
the combo. I would tap with the enchant weapon part of the combo because I think that's what actually breaks this. I think it's an elder sign. It's like it's power creepy, but like the game is already going in the direction where three damage is becoming is getting handed out a lot. You know, we're seeing it all over the place now. Mm -hmm. I, I do yeah. feel like the the move aspect of it is basically flavor text as well. <laughs> yeah, like you're yeah. you're just pounding things in the head with this thing you're not gonna move yeah. them you might move the occasional enemy but like yeah that's very rare yeah yeah there aren't there aren't many non-elite enemies that are gonna stand stand up to a hit from this and still be worth moving anywhere so matt gave it a an elder sign how about you nate i'm gonna give it an elder sign too my reasoning being is that weapons are in essence reactive cards you're you're using them to not lose you know yes there are enemies with victory points and it's a nice reward for for doing something that the game forces you to do but you can always evade enemies that is an option available to the player and i think for that reason alone if this was a card that scooped up a bunch of clues or you know kind of broke some sort of more integral part of the game i'd be willing to throw a curse token at it kind of like forced learning or uh eon chart which we'll get to at some point this is fine to me because there always has to be a weapon at the top and yeah. whether it's okay. whether it's flamethrower whether it's lightning gun whether it's hammer there's always going to be something and this is fine do you think that this deserves to join the taboo list like like flamethrower I feel like if their philosophy is we we want four reliable four damage to cost eight, and this technically is reliably three, because you are it it does kind of rely on enchant weapon, you know I I think it's pro probably should cost six, I, but that's okay. like you know difficult to to evaluate. I'll give it but another it, sign. I haven't played with it yet, but I don't really have a problem with big weapons as much as I have problems with things that fundamentally either mess with the encounter deck in some ridiculous way or allow you to skip the mythos phase or break the game in those fashions. I have less of a problem with the weapon simply because you still have to hit and the auto fail is still in the bag and this doesn't stop that. So you can still take a swing and you can still and miss. And you can't play snipe. You can't play snipe with this. Nope. No, no. Yep. They thought of everything. <laughs> they thought of everything. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I don't have a huge. Uh, I mean, I could see them maybe tacking on experience to this, but this brings me to the the biggest issue I have with the taboo list is that I think it's been shown, at least by you know when we reviewed our seeker cards and and many of the comments we received were. Well, we can just use this card to to break Pendant of the Queen. And so that tells me that adding experience to cards doesn't matter because people will just buy them anyway. And you're not really making a sacrifice to that. So they could make this cost six or seven or eight. I don't think it would matter. People would still buy, pay whatever it costs to get that. And so, yeah, we'll see. I mean, maybe the enchant enchanted uh, weapon will get taboo just to bring 
bring it down a little bit. But then again, are they just going to make it cost more XP? Who knows? That would yeah. be a really poor decision, I think. To because like, my issue with the taboo list is that, like, I personally feel that adding XP does not solve the issue. It just like you're just taxing the player at that point. It doesn't change fundamentally what it does. It just delays the inevitable. I think if I had to right now, like make a wish for enchant weapon, is I would wish that it either added your willpower or did an extra damage. Mm. Then it's like okay, if you play it on the Cyclopean Hammer, if it either added, you could either swing for the fences and go for four damage by not adding your willpower. Or you kind of guarantee the three damage by adding your willpower, but not both. I think that's the way to do it. I guess the I guess the only issue with that though is you could always take the willpower and always get the three damage. Okay, I guess. I mean, that's kind of par for the course now, where where weapons and combat cards are going. Like, we've been seeing them in this set. Yeah, yeah and you are paying 8 experience for that, so... Yeah. That's going to do it for our look at the Guardian and Mystic cards in the Edge of the Earth Investigator expansion. Let us know in the comments down below if you agree or disagree. Any final thoughts on the uh, the Guardian and Mystic cards? Some pretty, uh, pretty interesting ones. Uh, better than the Guardian Rogue ones, I'll give them that. True. Also better than the Guardian Seeker as well, I would say overall. Brand yeah, is pretty is... interesting, and Hammer is... It's Hammer. It's the new best <laughs> weapon. It's, yeah. you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and I like how I like that Nikasi exists. Um, he's not perfect, but I like that he exists, and he helps out certain decks that needed a little bit of boost. So it was nice to give them a toy. That's going to do it for this episode. If you enjoyed what you hear, remember to like, comment, and subscribe. If you need to contact me, I can be reached at manfromlang at gmail.com. I'm also on Twitter at manfromlang. Until the stars are right, keep your shotgun close and your elder sign closer. Take care out there, and happy investigating.